What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Mid-State 48, another edition of our preseason preview show. Brooks along with Tom Duggan and Scott Burton with you. Let's go ahead and bring the guys in. Guys, uh, welcome in. Um, 6A this time. It's going to be a big, big class with a lot of teams in our area. So, uh, how are you guys feeling about it? Hi, Chris. Hi, Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you were so pleasant to us. We thought, you know, maybe. Yeah, we'll, be uh, house. yeah well, this one. Yeah, this this is a, a loaded, loaded class. Um, it's it's, it's going to take 48 and uh, all we can do to squeeze it in, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, a lot of great teams, too. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, everybody's going to be asking, is it uh, Oakland all over again in this uh, mid-state region? So uh, uh, things have changed a little bit, Chris. But uh, I tell you what, there's a lot of good teams in 6A this year, a lot of good talent. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and dive right in since there's so many teams to start with. Uh, a lot of changes in 6A with regions and, and realignment, a lot of that. And we start in Region 3 where – you had a kind of a hodgepodge of Rutherford County teams and some other teams last year. Oakland went 15 of though and won the state championship at 6A. Riverdale was second. Warren County third. Blackman fourth. But uh, in 2021, a year of change, and uh, we certainly have it. Now, Murfreesboro teams going to Region Four. Lebanon is the only area team we've got that's in Region Three this year, with kind of Shelbyville moving up from 5A. And the way this thing lines up, you know. Coffee County, Warren County, Cookville, they stuck around. Lebanon came up or came over from the other region, and then Shelby will up from 5A. Everybody else is gone. So look at the new region. And, guys, it's a five-team region, which you don't really find at 6A a lot. But uh, this this thing to me, you know, Lebanon has an opportunity here to to do some good things this year in this region. Well, I agree. I, I think that, you know, we, we've talked a lot about uh, how teams uh, – were unfortunate or how you know things got more difficult i actually think lebanon is one of the uh, teams that actually came out to the better with the realignment you know they shed uh they shed mount juliet they, sh they shed hendersonville uh wilson, wilson central and rossview off their schedule uh and they're replaced yeah with shelbyville and, and cookville but i think that in some ways they may be a team that's more equipped to play with uh, the ones in their region here yeah, not having to deal with uh, not having they'll have to deal with Murfreesboro teams in the playoffs, but no, I think this region is a good opportunity for them to win, to win a title. And you know, it yep. also kind of seems like this region, Tom, might be kind of up for grabs too between everybody else for for a couple few spots. That's true, Chris. And uh, to to go back on Lebanon a little bit, uh, I've been a big fan of Chuck Gentry since he's 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 got there as the head coach because he's really turned things around. He brings a, a lot of fire, a lot of passion to that Lebanon program. Let's not forget they've got an outstanding athletic quarterback, Jalen Abstin's being looked at some Division One teams. Uh, also an outstanding basketball player, and uh, you know this kid's a real deal. And, and Coach Gentry always has a good defense. Uh, as we well know, but yeah, you're you're right. This thing's kind of wide open. Cookville's a team; it should be really good defensively this year. Shelbyville, they'll be right back in the mix. You know, Warren County had a banner year for them last year. I believe it was the first winning season for the Pioneers since 1990, guys. And um, C.J. Taylor, though a very special player, they've got to replace him. I know they're out of our area, but uh, uh, you know, how will Warren County fare after C.J. has moved on to uh, Vanderbilt? But uh, to me, I really do. I like Lebanon. I think Lebanon's got a chance to 
really benefit from this realignment and uh, take home this region this year? Yeah, look, some of these key games in Region 3, I mean, we started right out in September 3rd, Lebanon and the Cookville. We'll kind of get an idea of those two teams right off the bat. Um, really, that uh, that Shelbyville-Lebanon game on October 1st, is, I think, is going to be huge for, for who wins that region, just to be quite honest about it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that, uh, you know, just as it starts out of the gate, looking at it, if you were to pick two teams that you would expect to be fighting it out, Shelbyville and Lebanon, I think, in this region, uh, would be the one, uh, Tom. I think you, you mentioned uh, Jalen Abson. Abson, he's uh, he's a really good quarterback. Question with Lebanon, uh, I have is just how do you replace DeQuante Shannon? Yeah, he was a productive back last year. Shannon had a big impact on that offense, and uh, replacing his production, I think, is question number one with their offense for sure. And you look at another matchup, guys, on October 1st, Warren County, Coffee County, again, kind of stepping over to the 9-3-1 area a little bit. But this could be for a, a playoff spot. I mean, Warren County and Coffee County certainly could be battling that out. And the same case with cookville Shelbyville. I mean, if Cookville's got a shot at a home playoff game, they're going to have to go on the road and, and win a very tough game at Shelbyville. And, uh, you know, Coach Jimmy Maynard, will his team be up for the challenge there in the last week of the season? That's going to be a tough test for them. But I think a home playoff game could be on the line in that one on October 28th. One thing about this region is it's very well spread out. We mentioned the travel there, Cookville to Shelbyville. That's, that's a long road trip, too. I mean, for a region game, I mean, Lebanon's got to do some traveling to Warren County, Coffee County for the next couple of years. I mean, even though it's a five-team region, it's a spread out region. It is. And, and, and to tell you the truth, you know, as much as I said, Lebanon uh, uh, was in a, uh, a good shape with this new region. Imagine how Warren County and Coffee County felt getting out of the uh, all those other Rutherford County, all yeah. those Rutherford County teams. Yeah, that was kind of the biggest change for them is getting away from from those teams at least for the regular season. Now they'll cross back over with them in the playoffs, so they don't avoid them entirely. But uh, at least for the for the regular season, you know, they don't have to worry about them. That's but, true. But you, you finished know, fourth. You finished fourth in that region, guys. Guess what? You might get rewarded with. Yeah. <laughs> Go game right over to Murfreesboro to see most likely Oakland. Uh, well, that's a good point. That's a good little segue. Let's just go ahead and go to Region 4 where the defending state champion Oakland Patriots reside. The 2020 standings, of course, obviously everything different. Region 4 was a lot of Sunner and Wilson County teams. Hendersonville won that Region 4 last year. They now dropped down to 5A. Right? Yeah, they took 5A, I believe that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Here are the changes of Region 4. <laughs> All Rutherford County teams in Region 4. It's an eight. It's a 16 region now. It was eight last year. Stewart's Creek joins this region to make it an All Rutherford County region. And Blackman, Oakland, Riverdale, Rockville, Siegel, and Stewart's Creek, they're, they're your six. I mean, it, it's completely different. It's completely competitive. And Oakland is still the team to beat. Yeah, Oakland's a team to beat until somebody knocks them off. They're king of the hill right now. Like you said earlier, Chris, undefeated, uh, ran the table. And, uh, you know, the rich just get richer. I mean, what can you say about Kevin Creasy's program? You know, he's getting several starters back uh, on defense. You know, team only gave up eight and a half points per game last uh, last year. Um, and you know, they shut out Brentwood in the regular season. Um, I, it's It's – you know, once again, it's Oakland's world and everybody else is living in it until, you know, something happens otherwise. Yeah, yeah. 2,000-yard rushers back this year as well. And uh, I got a question. Has Coach Creasy in his high school coaching career, has he lost 10 games yet? This guy's, uh, you know, he's he's done a fantastic job, you know, at Trousdale. 
Then he comes down to Oakland. I don't know if this guy's even lost 10 games. He's just he's not very far. He's not very far past 10 if he has. I mean, it's his record it's been pretty good for for quite some time. And what they're building at Oakland is is truly special. They're gonna be nationally ranked this year. Jordan James, Antonio Patterson, Isaiah Horton. I mean, and Patterson is gonna play both offense and defense. And you know, he could be a big impact player for a defense that's returning nine starters. To answer your question, Kevin Creasy. 160 and 18. 18. There you go. I, I would have taken the under. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> it feels like the under would have won, but yeah. That's yeah, impressive. That's a, yeah. that's a 900 winning percentage. Yeah. Nine out of 10 certainly ain't bad. Uh, nope. Chasing Oakland, we start with Riverdale, obviously. You know, they get They get quite a few pieces back, but – what is it going to take for them to to possibly run down Oakland this year? Well, they're going to have to play and reduce mistakes. I think mistakes cost them a couple of games last year. Uh, they're going to have to avoid injury. Uh, Jameson Holcomb's going to have to stay healthy uh, all all year, and uh, they're going to have to they're going to have to control the clock. I think. I think Brandon Conner and Marcus Lloyd are going to have to control the line of screen or control the games. Uh, and keep high-scoring offenses out of it. That's just what, you know, that's just my assessment of it. I think they have the team to do it, but, you know, it's Oakland. You mentioned the Holcomb injury from last year. You know, a, a storyline there, Kate Hewitt filled in for him at quarterback against Oakland in their regular season meeting. Hewitt transferred to Oakland this year and will start for the Patriots at quarterback this year. So, Look, that's uh, not ideal. For, <laughs> not ideal for the Warriors, but uh, they'll have to find another backup just in case. Yeah, you talk about the rich getting richer. You get the quarterback from your biggest rival in Riverdale, of course, trying to track down Oakland. I think their defense is going to be a big key this year. And Coach Kreisky, he likes that side of the ball. But I got a chance to watch these guys scrimmage against Gallatin. That defense looked phenomenal, guys. But the problem uh, again, turnovers. They had three turnovers in this scrimmage by the varsity. And uh, while Gallatin played a good fiscal game, you know, Riverdale just had trouble hanging on to the football. And, you know, playing against the Oakland, when you're playing those, those high-caliber games, you have to take care of the football. And I know that's something Coach Kreisky, he's going to be addressing in the rest of these practices leading up to the season opener. Yeah, so we've got their key games listed. And, and September 3rd, I'm going to bring that up right now because their game at Blackman, the region opener, Blackman may be the biggest wild card in this region because Chandler Tigard and his high-powered offense, his fast-paced offense, is something a lot of these teams have not seen before. They're going to be dealing with it for the first time. It's a wild card in every sense of the word just because of, of what type of speed they want to run. They call it blazing fast for a reason. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how quickly that his players adapt to that too. Uh, not only is it going to be new for the defenders, it's going to be new for the offense as well. Um, you know, it, uh, you're right, Chris. You, you really don't know. We really don't know what we're going to see out of Blackman until we see it on the field, honestly. And again, seeing these guys playing in a scrimmage, uh, did get a chance to see Jack Reisner, the uh, quarterback that they've got coming in. They're very excited about him. Uh, he had a minor injury that particular day, and you kind of wonder how much has that set this offense back? Because as you mentioned, Coach Tigard, he wants to go, 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 and. Um, you want to have your, you know, you want to have your quarterback out there. Now, that said, they look pretty good, you know, with with the backup quarterback out there playing, they're able to go. But still, you got the feeling they're not quite where Coach Tigard wants them to be. It's not the regular season, I know, but 
but how long will it take this offense to get up to speed? Guys, from what I saw, if they can really get that thing humming, uh, this Blackman team, Chris, I think you called them a wild card. I think they're very much that in this uh, Region 4-6A, you know, race uh, for playoff spots. Yeah, and the, the newcomer to this region, Stewart's Creek, gets Blackman on September 17th, and they're, they're hungry. They had a big disappointment last year. They were ready to play for a region title. COVID knocked them out of that game and the playoffs. So, you know, the Red Hawks are, are back looking for, to try to, to make some noise in, in a new region and trying to get a little bit of redemption from last season as well. Yeah, yeah, they, they lived every team's uh, – last year's every team's worst nightmare uh, last year. And then when they woke up, they found themselves uh, in – in Oakland's region. I mean, you talk about, you know, waking up to a nightmare. Uh, but you know, coach, uh, coach Cadell, uh, you know, we spoke to him and he is really confident in this team. Um, he, you know, he knows that he's got a, uh, a, a great group of seniors, uh, it's going to see, be exciting. He's excited to see who is going to step up. I think that's going to be the case. Um, this team, I think, is you know, is poised to do some good things in this in this region. A lot of it is just dependent where they go is going to be dependent on themselves and kind of dependent on how Blackman fares. And let's not forget the two teams that are going to be chasing those playoff spots in Rockville and Siegel. I mean, they're younger teams are trying to get back. Rock in Rockville's case, they're trying to get to the playoffs for the first time, and Siegel hasn't been there in a few years, so you know. Is there anything that these two teams can do to possibly bump into the top four? We know Coach Rick Rice at Rockvale. I, I think a lot of people are looking at them as maybe another bottom feeder in this region, but he likes this team. He likes what he's got. He's liked the progress that's been made. And, uh, you know, he feels like this is a team that's going to challenge for one of those play, you know, those four playoff spots. You, you know, you mentioned Siegel. They're kind of in that same boat. You know, they want to get back into – playoff prominence they've kind of been the oh yeah left out team there in Murfreesboro but uh you know Siegel maybe with a bit of a chip on their shoulder wanting to prove themselves as well so guys I could see a pretty good battle here for playoff spots uh three and four when you throw Blackman into the mix when you start talking about Stewart's Creek Rockvale and how they feel then Siegel trying to kind of bounce back into that race as well yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that uh, Rockvale is not too far off. I, they may not be there this year, but I think that they continue. Their offense continues to grow. Uh, they've got some talented players there. Siegel, uh, you know, in all honesty, you know, they've just got to to, to get better offensively, defensively, just on you know on all sides of the, of the ball. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. They're just in a very very tough region uh, if you have growing pains. Yep. Yeah, it's not easy with these teams, especially the way they beat up each other. October 15th, Riverdale at Oakland. Uh, that's that's the game for the region and Battle of, Battle of Borough. So yep. to look forward to for, for both sides. And Riverdale kept that game close for the most part last year. They just couldn't do anything offensively with Holcomb out. So wonder if a healthy team could maybe make a difference in that in that game this year and, and keep it keep it within reason. Well, guys, I, I again seeing Riverdale up close. The defense looked good. I mean, the defense to me looked midseason form. Uh, you got Elijah Herring out there. You got uh, his brother Caleb Herring out there, and those guys are all over the field. I mean, they're quick. Uh, they were in the, they were living in the backfield against Gallatin. So, uh, to me, if the offense can make the strides, can take care of the football, 
There's some good athletes out there. If Holcomb stays healthy, he has a good campaign. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough, of course, going to Oakland, winning that game, and it's such a big rivalry. But uh, don't count Riverdale out. They, they've got a good shot, I think, to at least keep that game close. And uh, if their defense plays well enough, and again, the offense does what they have to do, they've got a chance maybe to pull an upset there. Yeah, yeah if they can protect the ball, I mean, they've got a couple of, you know, huge tight ends out there uh, that'll, that will help uh, Holcomb keep that uh, offense balanced. Think if they can do that, they stand a good chance. Yep. Well, that that region obviously always has intrigue just because of everything. Everybody trying to chase Oakland, and you know the teams trying to to jockey your playoff position. So we'll keep up with Region Four this year for sure for a lot of reasons. Another region that gets intriguing is Region Five, and what was a, a region with Henry County and Northeast last year? That's, actually, it's the wrong one, but let's go ahead and move on. Region five at six A last year was, you know, mainly Smyrna and Stewart's Creek, as we've talked about earlier, and then you know several metro schools involved uh, that were upended by COVID last year. Smyrna won this region. Laverne finished second. Stewart's Creek was third, and King Ridge was fourth. Not the kind of year that Eddie Woods would have won it for the Ravens, but then again, everything was upended for them, and they got a late start and only got six games into the regular season. So. For the Ravens, it's going to be kind of a bounce-back type of year for them, I think. The way this thing shakes up, um, Region sit, Region 5 now gets Beach, Gallatin, Clarksville, and West Creek up from 5A. Hendersonville and Rossview move from 4 to 5, and the old Region 5, as we talked about earlier, is Region 6. So we'll get to, obviously, King Ridge in a bit. But Region 5, we talked about Gallatin a minute ago. They got Beach and Clarksville, and then Hendersonville, Rossview, and West Creek. Guys, what do you like about this region alignment for 2021? Uh, well, I think it's pretty competitive. Uh, but again, I think Beach right now is uh, right now the, the the best of the of the group. Um, you know, they land in a good position. They should be. You know, again, this this is a team that is built on defense. They're going to have some turnover and try to uh, and have some holes to fill on offense. But their defense is solid. And, uh, you know, they've got, uh, you know, again, Bronco Hanks. Uh, the quarterback battle's ongoing, but regardless of who's throwing, Andrew Page there, that wide receiver, that tall wide receiver uh, that they got as being uh, highly recruited, 6'4". Um, I think, uh, you know, we're going to find out where they are fairly early in their season as far as Beach goes. I, I think regardless of who the quarterback is, you may see more balance out of Beach than we have in a long time just because of the threats. Andrew Page, Jackson Long, a tight end. Patrick Hill still there at running back, so they're going to have a, they're going to have a lead runner as they always do with Anthony Crabtree's offense. But the Buccaneers may have a little bit more success in the air than people think, and Andrew Page is a problem in the red zone for sure. Mm. Guys, I love Bronco Hanks. You mentioned him, uh, Scott, but uh, kid that had 102 tackles last year, all region, all state. I mean, he's back and. Um, Tremendous football players, just one of those guys that goes out there and gives it his all on Friday night. And uh, I'm always the guy looking at the defensive side of the ball and who's that player that can uh, that can be special. And Hanks is one of those. He's one of those guys that will make your defense special for that beach team. Yeah, and one of the teams that will be uh, chasing them there is uh, look right there at that September 3rd game, the Hendersonville game. Yeah. I think that's going to be a, a big game. Uh, for uh, Of course, it always is. Yeah, you get the uh, the battle for Drake's Creek um, or battle for Shackle Island, whatever they want to call it over there. It's a huge game, cross-town rivalry. I mean, one of my favorite names 
in the entire area. Ellis Ellis returns for Hendersonville. The same yeah. name so nice. They named him twice. Yep. <laughs> Every time he gets his hands to the ball, he's a threat to go all the way. You might see him even under center for some snaps this year. They'll find him out of that wing T offense. They'll throw it to him. Don't kick to him, but some teams probably will. But special teams, he's an impact player and on defense as well. I mean, he's just he's one of those players that we could be talking about in the Mr. Football conversation in 6A if he has a big enough year. Oh, yeah, I agree with you, Chris. This kid does everything. I think he even cooks hamburgers at halftime. <laughs> I mean, he, he just does everything. But I tell you, they've got a uh, a wide receiver there that I think is a good. He plays corner and wide receiver, Jameson Wharton. He's got track speed, and he's 6'2". And I think that if, uh, you know, if, they, if uh, Luke Manning can spread the ball out, he's going to get opportunities there. Um, this team could, could make a run at Beach this year. It's just right now they've got to get uh, – they, they just got to cut down on it's, – it's, it's a lot of what Riverdale had, cut down on mistakes. Yep. Yep. And I want to go back uh, again, and you – I know you talked about Ellis quite a bit on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, Region 4, 6A player of the year, a couple of All-State nods. But let's again go to the defensive side of the ball, what he's able to do there, 56 tackles, five interceptions at free safety last year. So uh, a threat on both sides of the ball. And he's going to be – you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to step up on both sides of the football. And he makes Hendersonville a threat just as a leader, being able to do all the things that he does. Yeah. This side, this part of the bracket is going to love life, I think, in, in the playoffs because they're going to have some opportunities to make a run. Whoever gets out of it, it has a real chance to maybe even get to the semifinals or, or further, even for that matter. Uh, Gallatin, I think we we talked about you get you went out and, and saw them, Gallatin, Tom. Uh, you know they had kind of a rough year last year, especially at home. They they did they won one game at home last year, which is very unlike the Green Wave teams of past years and. I know Chad Watson is is not happy about you know last year's results, but he seems like he feels like he's got a good team to come up and challenge these teams. Uh, your thoughts about them? You, you know, I, I love the enthusiasm. This team just uh, – they brought it against Riverdale. And, I mean, they came out there. They were not overwhelmed. They were not intimidated. That defense played exceptionally well. And, uh, uh, I mean, again, they said uh, Riverdale had some good field position at times just because their defense was good enough to stop Gallatin. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, Gallatin's defense was able to stop, step up and stop Riverdale. I think the Riverdale varsity got only one score against them. One thing I think is maybe still a concern for Coach Watson, he was still trying out the quarterback spot, still trying to find that, that uh, leader under center. I don't think he's quite convinced he's got his one guy as of yet. But now that offense, if he could get it going, I really liked what I saw from that defense. And I think this is a team that Beach and Hendersonville better watch out for if they do get that offense up and running. Yeah. The Galton, their traditional rival, Hendersonville on the 17th of September will be a big night for them if they want to try to maybe fight for a home playoff game. Um, we haven't talked about the Clarksville teams in this region yet. We've got West Creek, Rossview, and Clarksville in it. Scott, you saw Clarksville. Now, what are your thoughts on Isaac Shelby's team? Well, you know, this team is extremely talented. They had a rough offseason. Uh, it really hadn't been kind. They lost a talented young man, and uh, Julian LaFortune, who was uh, shot and killed. And then uh, they've lost their quarterback to a shoulder injury. I'm not sure if it's season ending or if he's just out for uh, the time being. I'm trying to uh, um, effort that to see what I can find out there. Uh, that being said, this team has a, a lot to play for. 
and they have a lot, a lot of team speed. They gave Mount Juliet all they could handle, and I'll tell you, Trey Perry was raving about thinking that this team it has it in them to make a run if they can put it all together. I don't, it, it really, a lot of it depends on the quarterback position and can they be more than one-dimensional because I tell you, they can run the rock. And their defense, is they, they fly to the ball. Coach Shelby really likes his team. It's just going to be, a, you know, you know how, how they handle, you know, adversity and, and how that quarterback position shakes out. One of the teams that I think didn't benefit from the new alignment was Rossview because they were a top four team last year, and now they're probably looking at, at on the cut line or outside of it. And it wasn't a great offseason for Rossview. They lost Devontae Phillips as he transferred to Davidson Academy, but they do have Garrett Dimeball back at quarterback, and, and him coming back for his junior year is going to be big for the for the Hawks. But Ross Creek, Rossview and West Creek, what do those two teams have to do to to kind of shake up this? this region and possibly get in the playoffs. Well, it's going to be tough for them. In my opinion, Rossview, uh, I think only eight or nine seniors on that team, they're going to be pretty young this year. And uh, and like you said, I don't think realignment did them a whole lot of favors. And, and likewise, when you look at West Creek, uh, this is going to be a junior-oriented football team. And uh, they got a pretty good young man coming back at quarterback and Caden Pace, real strong arm on this young man. But uh, the youth, you know, that's the one thing you worry about when you've got teams in your region like Beach and Hendersonville that are so experienced and so good and Gallatin uh, really showing up strong in the preseason. I think the youth of West Creek and Rossview may hurt them this year, but guys, these may be teams to look at next year as being stronger cont- contenders in this 5-6A race. I agree with you, especially with West Creek. Uh, we, we were out there at their uh, scrimmage against uh, Greenbrier, and there is some talent on that team. The issue is discipline, discipline and being in the right place. And that was the hardest part for the coaches. The coaches were constantly having to correct uh, reads and having to correct uh, certain things, and that was uh, the issue. I think you're right, Tom. I think that West Creek in a couple of years could be a player in this region if this region stays the way it is. Um, as far as Rossview goes, Chris, uh, again, you're right. Uh, Garrett Demo, you know, he is a quarterback that looks the part. He actually played well against uh, against uh, Lipscomb Academy last year. Um, but, you know, and they've got a lot of speed at wide receiver. But, you know, a lot of it's new faces and new places, and losing that running back is huge. Yep. They'll get their test on September 3rd at Clarksville. And that, I mean, their region opener is going to decide a lot of things for them as far as their route for 2021. So if they can knock off their city, their cross-city rival, you know, they, they can have some good things this year, but that game is massive for their hopes in, in 2021. So – an interesting region for sure, but I think Sumner County might have a bit of an edge there. Clarksville wants to try to upset that balance. Uh, it'd be fun to kind of see if they can. October 1st, Clarksville and Hendersonville, kind of a game to keep an eye on as well. And Clarksville will have their shots at, at everybody pretty much before this thing's all said and done. Move on to Region 6 and 6 and 7, actually. 6 is now going to be made up of all those teams from Metro and Smyrna and Laverne, the old region five, now region six, as Dixon County joins as well to replace Stewart's Creek. So, as we said, Cane Ridge, Laverne, Smyrna, Dixon County, now along with McGavick, Overton, and Antioch. 
this kind of seems like a region that may be cut and dried as far as the pecking order in 2021. The only question I really have is how much noise can Dixon County make after such a long drought of a playoff appearance? Well, it, it's going to, I think that they feel very fortunate to, to that the uh, region shook out the way it is. On the other hand, you know, they're very young, uh, especially at key positions. Um, so it's, they're going to have to get their line situation straightened out. But I think that they've got uh, two good, you know, they get Don Dunning, the running back from Friendship Christian. Uh, he joins the squad, and he is a baller. Um, and, of course, they have Clint Schrader also at the, at the running back position. So they are, you know, they are in position that they can actually make a run uh, in, this, in this region, I think. And they got a good quarterback that's uh, come in, came in midway through last season. Colby Lamberth, 6'4", 205, and uh, uh, did not get a chance to play. We're on the scout team last year, but they, they like his intangibles. They like his arm, and uh, he could make somebody, you know, Dixon County, somebody to really watch. Maybe they're being overlooked, but if Lamberth can come in and give them a little extra punch in the passing game, then uh, that makes that offense that much more lethal for those two running backs, Scott, that you mentioned a moment ago. You know, and Dixon County will have their shot at Overton in the season in the regional opener on, on September 3rd. But that Laverne game was pretty large for them as, as to kind of see where, see where they might shake out for 2021. Uh, if they can beat Laverne, who knows? I mean, a, a top three finish isn't out of the cards for them. It's a big change for them having to go from a Williamson County region where you had a lot of juggernauts to this region where it's Cambridge, Smyrna, then Laverne, and then everybody else. Right, and Laverne has got to solve their running back situation. Uh, you know, they lose all everything Ray Banner that they had last year. Who, uh, you know, they they rode him. You know, as, as far as they could carry him. Uh, questions going to uh, there are questions there. There are questions at Smyrna as well. Uh, you know, Smyrna's got some issue with uh, with numbers. Uh, although they've got some they've got some really good skill positions, especially at quarterback. And running back, um, so you know there's opportunity. I think uh, for Dixon County here, uh, if they can if they can put it together. A couple of guys at Smyrna I want to mention. Obviously, Landon Miller, quarterback. Uh, Jeremiah Bailey is, is kind of their kind of their big beast, at defensive end, the tight end. I mean, got to see him a couple of times during the off season. He's a guy you want to get the ball with in space because some defensive backs will have to make some business decisions on whether to bring him down or not, because he is a hoss at tight end and a key piece of their defensive line as well. Smyrna has a chance to win this region outright, I think. And they did it last year. They knocked off Kane Ridge, and, and they'll get a shot to do it again on October 1st. But I have a sneaking feeling that Kane Ridge will find a way to put it together, even though they've got to replace some pieces. Well, Kane Ridge is just talented. I mean, they just have speed to burn, uh, you know, they are just, you know, and they got a, uh, you know, Abdullah Siobhan gets his, uh, gets his chance at quarterback. Uh, he's going to be, have some uh, really talented receivers to throw to. I'm like you, Chris. I, I could see Smyrna uh, taking this, but boy, just getting past Kane Ridge and their defense and their speed is going to be, a, it's going to be a tall task. And then you have the other Metro teams who are trying to fight and scratch and claw to get out of the basement and, and maybe make a run. Our Sensei Broom comes over to Overton from Maplewood and, and takes over as head coach for the Bobcats. I, I think they may have a chance to, to try to upset the balance of this of this top four, but they may be a year or so away. And then you have Antioch and McGavick who have had some trouble lately too. So 
kind of tough on the Metro teams for the most part in this region, except for Cane Ridge. But uh, we'll be interesting to see how this top four shakes out if, if it is indeed Cane Ridge or if it's Smyrna and then how Dixon County falls. I mean, one of the big questions was, was how they would fare in this new region. So they were certainly a benefactor of the realignment. And hopefully this Dixon County will have something to cheer about this year. Certainly they should. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Overton. I want to jump back on them and just uh, kind of scout them out a little bit. Uh, a Metro team, but a very junior-oriented team. There's not a lot of senior leadership coming back on that team. And uh, I almost feel like they're another team that's about a year away. Top to bottom of this region, kind of young in that in that sense. you got a lot of quality juniors, but you don't see a, a ton of seniors like you see in a lot of regions. But uh, Overton's got some good talent in that, uh, in that junior class of theirs. So, uh, the noise, maybe not so much this year, but keep an eye on them in the futures. I think, uh, you know, in, a, in another year, we might see them take another step up. Yep. Yeah. This region will go up against Region 5 with Beach and Hendersonville and all those guys in the playoffs. So, you know, be interesting to see how those cross over. But uh, we got a little bit more time for the biggie, and that's Region 7. An all-Williamson County team, all-Williamson County region this year. And, and Scott, you and I went to media day a few a few couple of weeks ago to talk to some of these coaches and players and man they're excited about this year and rightfully so because this thing could be a bloodbath oh yeah i mean they're going to be uh uh there's going to be a lot of chatter all over williamson county this year you run into them at the walmart it's going to be it's going to be fun no it's uh, walmart <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I stand corrected. I have to put that in there. It's usually Target. So yeah, you're probably right. Um, I don't get to hang out over there as much. Uh, <laughs> little little uh, retail humor there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're all good. Um, yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, they were. You were right, Chris. They were so excited. And what a great media day atmosphere that was, wasn't it? Yeah, they put they put on a really good time over there. We were at Mafiosa's. The factory at Franklin, they fed us, and uh, well done by Williamson County. They did a good job of, of making it a big event and bringing all the teams in and having coaches and players sit down and, and field questions from the media, and we got some good insight into kind of what they're thinking for 2021, and uh, some good stories come out of that. Oh, yeah. The biggest of those to me, though, is who comes out of this thing on top because in my mind, it, it, there's four teams there that have a legitimate case to, to win this region outright. You've got Ravenwood, you've got Independence, you've got Summit. You know, they're the reigning 5A champions, but they come up at the 6A and they might actually kind of be the hunters instead of the hunted. And then Brentwood, who has to replace some key pieces, but they're still going to hang around even under new head coach Clint Fitch. Yeah, there there are there are storylines on storylines intertwined here. Um, you know, Ravenwood. Ravenwood to me looks like uh, since the addition of uh, their quarterback, uh, that's going to, uh, you know, Chris Parson, uh, that answered a huge, huge question uh, about the Ravenwood team. Uh, this, this kid is just talented. If you've seen him on a social media, <laughs> you know, he, he, uh, he can put the ball where he wants to. Um, so that answered a big, big question that I had going into the season. But, you know, again, Summit, how do you, you know, you got the Wade, you know, the Wade boys over there, you know, uh, how do they handle moving up uh, into this region? And you absolutely nailed it right there, Chris. Uh, you know, 
are they going to be the hunters or the hunted? And I think that coming up, a lot of these teams are going to look at them as the hunted. Uh, I I think that they are, you know, they're going to have a target every single week. Yeah. I mean, winning a goal ball will do that, but uh, the summit does get, you know, hopefully a, a full year of a healthy Keaton Wade back on defense. I mean, of course, his brother Destin also, they're going to Kentucky and they've got that out of the way. So they're trying to focus on, you know, a bigger challenge. And this whole region is just one big challenge. I mean, look at the key games on our screen. Ravenwood at Brentwood, September 17th, October 1st. Everybody kind of in it for themselves, trying to jockey for playoff position. And let's not forget Franklin and Centennial because, yeah, maybe they're probably picked fifth and sixth, but you have a bad night against those two teams and you're taking a loss. Yeah, and and imagine, uh, you know, the Summit uh, Franklin game when they're staring across at their old defensive coordinator on the other side of the field. Um, you don't think that he that would be the one game that he's got circled on his schedule and his boys want to win. Yep. Yep. Mm. Oh, Brentwood, I mean, under Clint Finch, I mean, they have to replace Kate Granzow, but uh, we saw Davis White and a glimpse of what he could do in a playoff game last year where he threw five touchdowns in relief. He has the keys to this offense, and he knows how to run it. He's already had plenty of game experience, so I don't think they're worried about him at all at quarterback. You know, the question's going to be, you know, does this defense does this defense stop enough teams to to win games and and challenge for a region title? Yeah, he may be a better passer than Granzal was. I would Granzal was a leader, and and he would put the team on his back, and he could carry a pile. But this kid may be a better pure passer than than Granzal is uh, was, and uh, that may make them even more dangerous. Yep. And guys, I'm going to defer to you a lot on this uh, on this region because I know you've been a lot more familiar with these uh, Williamson County teams, and you've had a chance to to go to media day. Uh, one team I have gotten to look at is Centennial, and and folks are kind of overlooking Centennial a little bit. And they're they're small. I mean, this is a team that's that's pretty small. Don't have a lot of size, but uh, uh, you know, Mac Mac Kreisky is a lot like his brother. He's very fiery out there on the field. And uh, I watched them in a scrimmage against Blackman. Both teams running up and down the field on them. And uh, uh, Josh Forsey, a great senior running back for them, uh, he had within three runs about 150 yards and three scores. He was absolutely torching that Blackman defense. So. You know, people got overlook Centennial. Maybe they're not. And what is, I know, a powerful region because these teams certainly, uh, you know, they <laughs> they have impressive resumes. But uh, don't be surprised if Centennial puts a little bit of a scare into some of these teams on certain Friday nights. Yeah, and Franklin's kind of in the same boat. I mean, not necessarily size-wise because you've got guys like Fisher Anderson anchoring the offensive line. But then you have you have kids like Bryce Sparks in front of the football for them. Alex Melton will have a bit of a challenge in his first year as head coach. But – Again, you know, he's got some knowledge of this region and these teams, so I wouldn't be shocked if Franklin's kind of in the same boat. Uh, the team we haven't mentioned here, the team that I think may be the wild card in this region and may actually be a contender when it's all said and done, is Independence. Because this group of receivers is possibly as talented as they come. You've got Ty Lockwood, you've got River Katina, you've got other, other studs basically catching the ball from now Joe Cummings at quarterback, replacing Jackson Campbell. Now, Scott Blade's got a pretty nice little offense out there. The only question is, can their defense do enough to to win them some games? Yeah, it's it's a good question. I, again, this region is so deep, 
it, it's going to come down to, I'm afraid that, uh, you know, in any one game, it could come down to a penalty, an interception, a, uh, you know, just a mistake. Uh, yeah, I, I could see independence. I could see independence finishing first, second, third, fourth. I, I could, I could see him finishing anywhere yeah. in this, in, in the top, you know, I don't see him much falling out of that, but they could finish anywhere in that just basically upon whatever happens during the, uh, during the season, I mean, Chris, you've you've seen them uh, up close. Uh, I mean, aside from wide receivers, how's their defense? Defense looked pretty good against Hillsborough. I think Hillsborough was still a little bit down as far as their offense was concerned this year. But uh, Scott Blade seems pretty happy with his defense and, and the way they've been playing. And, and you know, guys like Brady Jenkins running around and making plays in that secondary. Uh, it, it could be a really talented defense when it's all said and done. I mean, we can't sleep in Independence at all. I mean. Maybe they're not being talked about as a favorite this region, but uh, they kind of should be. Well, the reason I was I was asking about that because I looked at their schedule and they they've loaded it up: CPA, Lipscomb Academy, JP Two, East Nashville, Page. I mean, those are some pretty high powered offenses, and it looks like uh, Coach Blade is is gearing them up for the for the offenses that they're going to see in their region games. Yeah, certainly will be interesting to keep up with them on a weekly basis just because of the talent that's going to be on the field on both sides and and the opponents they play they'll be ready for this region i mean you, you'd be hard pressed to find a schedule a non-region schedule tougher than what independence is playing in, in really in the area if not the entire state and it's always one of those double-edged swords guys it's uh it could benefit you come the postseason or you could get really beat up during the regular season and it could hurt you but i'm, I'm always of the mindset play the top competition I, th- I think it does nothing but help you get better for the postseason and uh again as you mentioned a newcomer coming in at quarterback but man does he have the talent surrounding him so that offense should be really good and uh coach blade knows what he's doing he's gonna have that defense prepared and again as long as they don't go out there and just get battered and bruised up independence even if they don't win this region they could be somebody could be very scary in the playoffs in class 6a it won't shock me if there's one of these four teams that gets to chattanooga in the blue cross bowl this year uh, just because of the depth of talent on both sides for, for a lot of teams i mean this region will prepare you for about anything. I think it's the deepest and the best in the state, almost in any classification, even. Yeah, and I and you know, going back to looking at Summit, uh, you know, Chris, their defense is going to be the key. I think in this. I mean, you got Brady Pierce coming back. Uh, hopefully, Keaton Wade stays healthy. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of players come back on that defense, and they're going to need it. You look at their schedule, and they've got five home games in a row, including a home game against Ravenwood, and then Independence back to back. Yep, there are no there are no off nights mm-hmm. in Region Seven. There just aren't, and you know Summit's going to learn that pretty quickly. But uh, I would expect Brian Coleman's bunch to be right in the mix, right there at the end. It's a fun region to have just because of the talent that's in it, the rivalries that are in it, and basically the the intensity that's going to be added every single week. And um, we could be seeing one of these teams in Chattanooga very easily. Oh, absolutely. So, Class 6A is a beast. I mean, it's there's a lot of good players, a lot of good teams in, in this area. Uh, it's the biggest we have as far as the number of teams we cover. So certainly we'll see a lot of them. And you know, when we get when we get started on August 20th, it's going to be a fun ride. 
Yeah, absolutely will. And, of course, you know, we don't address East and uh, West Tennessee as much, but a lot of the Memphis teams didn't even have an opportunity to play last year due to COVID. So how will they bounce back? So a lot of players missed a whole year of football. So, you know, how will that affect some of the power teams out of West Tennessee? And, of course, <laughs> you can't mention East Tennessee and not mention Maryville because uh, they're, they're always a state contender, guys. So uh, you, you keep your right. eyes. As we watch a lot of very, very good football teams, I think Middle Tennessee is going to be well represented this year in the playoffs. But, you know, you always keep your eye out on Memphis because there's always somebody, a wide haven or somebody that's going to surprise you, but also Maryville on the east side. Yeah, we're, we're near the end of the time, but I want to I pose this question to you guys. With Memphis sitting out a year, do you think it hurts them just from an on-field standpoint? Do you think they might be a year behind as far as just having that experience on the field? That's a really good question. I think it's going to be dependent on upon the individual teams, quite frankly, because your under, under, underclassmen, all they got to do was practice and hit each other. If the, No, they didn't get to do that, I don't think. Uh-uh. Um, so all they got to do was practice and scheme. Um but if you if you've got seniors that have been played before, now you're talking about guys who are just going to go out there and be appreciative. I think we talked about this in a previous episode of being appreciative of being able to get out there and actually play, and they're going to play hard. Yeah. I agree they're going to go out and play hard, but I think it absolutely hurts them to miss a year of football. And I'll use an example. Just think of the growth between a freshman and a sophomore year. And I've heard a lot of coaches say the growth between a sophomore and a junior year is probably the biggest development for a high school player. And then you still got to think about a junior going up to his senior year, missing that whole junior year football. They're going to be certainly passionate to go out and play, but nothing can replicate uh, what they've lost on the field in terms of practice and even game experience. I think it's a big loss for all those teams. Yeah, it yeah. would be interesting to see, you know, how they fare when they match up with Region 7 in the postseason because, I mean, those Williamson County teams that have to either go out there or host a team coming in, no, it's a wild card for sure. Yeah, Tom, you make a good point. Uh, when you get that kind of enthusiasm too, you tend to make mistakes. You tend to be over-enthusiastic, uh, you know, extend the play, cost penalties, things like that. So, yeah, I agree with you. There's a potential for it to really, you know, for them to have to rein some stuff back. Absolutely. Yeah, just one of those another one of those storylines to watch out for this year as the year goes on and how those teams will fare in the postseason. But uh, um, that's that's all we got. I mean, we've did we've done six A in under forty eight minutes. So uh, we're closing we're closing in on the regular season little by little. Yep. Uh, Folks, thanks for joining us for Scott Burton, Tom Duggan. I'm Chris Brooks. Keep it with six one five preps. We'll get you through and get you ready for Friday night in forty eight minutes or less.